1: talking the star podcast i'm your host connor livesey joined by my guest today mark schofield as he's back on the show it's been a couple weeks but uh we've had mark on a couple times this year and it seems like every time he comes on we have a pretty good week uh after he comes on so uh mark welcome back on the show and we got a lot to talk about as we we talked We talked about this on the last time you were on that we were going to have you on after the Eagles-Cowboys matchup to really just talk about that game because there was going to be so much to talk about. And we'll dive into that, but we kind of want to take an overall look at the picture of the playoff push and maybe some of these things they need to work on. But before we do that, Mark, how's the Christmas and how you doing? I'm doing well, Connor. It's great to be back.
0: I hope Christmas was was good for you and yours. Uh, we talked about it a little before the show, We don't. You know, we have had some different Christmases. Our hot water heater went out, so there's that to deal with. But uh, no, things are good, man. How are you? Things seem to, be, seem to be a little bit calmer on Cowboys Twitter these days.
1: A little bit. You know, we had some rough patches in there, the Texans and Jacksonville week, and you know, but it, it. You know, you you feel you feel the bad thing about this football team is like even when you feel good about it, like you come off beating the Philadelphia Eagles, who a lot of people say is the best team in football, and. Yeah, they didn't have their quarterback, but I think there's a lot of people. And I kind of want to get your thoughts on this, too, to start. is where are you at on the Jalen Hurts MVP conversation? Like, obviously, he's in the conversation. I don't think yeah. anybody can deny that. And if you are, you're just too much of a Cowboys fan to even give the guy any credit. But, like, I sent out a tweet when the injury, you know, dropped. And I was like, look, like, this sucks. Jalen Hurts has been great. But this Eagles team is good enough. Like this is 2017 Eagles all over again, where Carson Wentz has his MVP season. He gets hurt at the end of the year. Nick Foles comes in and you go, This team's good enough to still win plenty of games and maybe even make a deep playoff run with a Gardner Minshew type at quarterback. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because right when the injury happened, you know, people said, Oh, well, Mahomes is probably your MVP now. He's probably gonna win. Um, this is really gonna hurt. Hurts his chances at winning MVP. My mind flashed to the Kelsey brothers podcast because oh, Jason, who by the way, is a pretty good center that Philly special Christmas album was, was pretty good. <laughs> um, he, he made the case that look, you know, Jalen's the MVP because so much of what we do on offense starts with him, whether it's run game, pass game, everything starts. Through right. him. And we know this is a, you know, it's a quarterback award. It's an award that's usually given to the quarterback of the best team. And so, yeah, it may, it made sense that Hurts is not just in the conversation, but a lot of people thought he might win. But I think what we sort of saw this weekend was, like you said, this team could still put up points. This team could still potentially win some games. And there was a And I think there's an interesting flip side to that argument, which was last Monday, I woke up, I'm watching film, and I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I'm seeing Eagles fans. You know, this is you know the week before the Cowboys game, and it's before the Hurts injury came out. And they were saying, look, because Dallas lost to Jacksonville, maybe we sit Hurts down. Maybe we rest some players. We just need one more win. We'll win that game against the Saints. There was an argument before the Hurts injury came out that they could still win games without him, which I think is an interesting way to sort of look at this. Because if you look at the MVP argument and the criteria for that, one of the ways people like to do it is take that player off. And what does the team look like? Right. Take Jalen Hurts off the Eagles they probably still win some games. They're probably right. going to be competitive. Take like Mahomes off of Kansas City. Is, is Gardner Minshew right. making the Kansas City Chiefs the AFC West champions? Is Gardner Minshew making the Buffalo Bills the
1: AFC East champions? Like, right. and, and so that's kind of like, like if I had an MVP vote, that's how I would be. I'd be like, all right. And, it's, and maybe it's not even take them off. It's like drop Mahomes into. Denver situation how much better does that team look drop Jalen Hurts in the Denver situation what does that look like you know like like if you what quarterback is scheme proof like I feel like that's the most valuable player because again like if AJ Brown goes down like Tyreek Hill lost from the Chiefs what does Philly's offense look like and I'm sure it's still good because of how they use him in the run game to set up the pass game and how that is and we saw how good Devonta Smith is and you know Dallas Goddard like it, again, like, it, and I don't even say this to discredit Jalen Hurts. It's just, you could give the MVP award to Patrick Mahomes every year and you wouldn't hear a peep out of me. Like, the yeah. dude's just an absolute what, animal. I
0: think the more interesting conversation, because it seems like, you know, like you said, you could give it to Mahomes every year, but it does seem like, you know, maybe it's a little bit more, I don't want to say wide open, but there are more options this but, year than perhaps in years past. Where are you on the idea that Justin Jefferson is MVP?
1: That's, I mean, I, like I said, like maybe this is a little bit of the Cowboys fan coming out, but like if I were to have an MVP vote right now, I would say it would go Patrick Mahomes, steep drop off, and then you'd have like a Joe Burrow and a Justin Jefferson in another conversation. Like I don't feel like Joe Burrow is getting enough. Yeah. Like, MVP talk love. I mean, that team was, like, not supposed to make the playoffs in week five or six. They lost to Dallas. They lost some ugly games. They were two and three. three, Right. And
0: you had idiots like like me saying, oh, they can't figure out cover two. They can't figure out cover four. Like, they're done. Like, they can't do that. And now, like (laughs) – yeah, you know the Bills are still dangerous with Allen. You know the Chiefs are still dangerous with Mahomes. But, like, on the AFC side of things, like, what team do you not want to play in the playoffs? It's probably Cincinnati. Like, and the Bengals have beaten Mahomes and the Chiefs, what, their last three meetings? Yep. Yeah. I like, Yeah. Yeah, Burrow needs more love in that conversation, too. I just think the Jefferson part of it is interesting. Because, like, I you, seen- I think, like, yeah, you know, Mahomes, you know, maybe – I don't know how people feel about Allen um, – But then there's, like, a little bit of a gap. Jefferson and Burrow are certainly next on that list. And Jefferson might be, like, your ideal offensive player of the year type of candidate.
1: Yeah. And and I feel like Allen's conversation, just to touch on that real quick, people are like, this is a Cowboys podcast, but I love just talking football. Right, right, right. I feel like Allen's thing is, like, Dak's last year, where, like, he started off seven, eight games. I mean, people forget it, but Dak was, like, one of the top voters in MVP talk the first six, seven weeks of that season. The New England game happens. He hurts the calf. Things start to kind of spiral yeah. downhill. And the same exact thing happened with Allen. Six or seven yeah. weeks, Allen was lights out. And then the UCL injury pops yeah, well, up. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, again, like the dude's still a menace with the ball in his hands on the ground. But like the passing game for the Bills has not been the same really towards the the back half of the season. And some of that's probably due to just, that arm being tired, the arm not being what it used to be, then some of that's probably due to teams maybe figuring out a little bit of way to defend the bills. And again, like they're in a similar situation where they got Stefan Diggs and some dudes to play good, some games and not so good. Some yeah. others. I mean, Gabe Davis, good player, but it's like, I don't think teams are freaking out, staying up late at night, trying to figure out how to defend. No, I mean, it's you're, you're Knox. taking
0: away Diggs. You're, you're worried right. about digs. You're, you're, setting coverages to him, you're running one double 14 at times. Like, that's what Uh, you're doing with him. So, yeah.
1: I guess we should talk about the Cowboys. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Yeah. So, we talked a little bit about the Eagles game, you know, the the Gardner Minshew and how that offense looked. When you were on a couple weeks ago, I kind of aired some of my concerns about this defense. You know, it was like – it was right after the Giants game and the Colts game where they blew out the Colts and it was a relatively competitive game with the Giants. But both of those first halves – Daniel Jones and Matt Ryan looked really good. Like it was like one of those things where it was like at halftime, the tweets were not good. And then after halftime, you were like, okay, they figured it out. Like we talked a lot about the halftime adjustments. The halftime adjustments really haven't, and and it's not so much halftime adjustments. It's teams. The turnovers are still there. They happened in Indy. They happened in Houston. They happened in Philly my concern with this defense is is when you're playing san francisco when you're playing i mean minnesota can turn the football over we've we've seen that you know even we've seen philly turn the ball over some this year so like when you're playing some of these better teams in the playoffs do those turnovers show up when you need them to i mean they've had so many timely turnovers in these last couple of weeks I mean, they should have won the Jacksonville game after the Trevor Lawrence fumble. They kind of screwed the pooch there. And then, I mean, Philly, while none of those turnovers were like fluky, you know, throwing in a triple coverage type of deal, they still relied on some fumbles and then some really good plays in coverage to get two picks to really come back and win that game. I just don't know if this defense is – I hate to say they're not good because they have really good players, but they're not playing anywhere close to what they were in the front half of the season. And I think that's scary.
0: Yeah. I mean, they feel more like a risk reward defense right now than they were like earlier in the year. I mean, you know the curse pick it was it was a good the Bland pick was fantastic. Yeah. I mean to drive on that route the way he did that's a veteran play. But you saw the flip side to it, and obviously a lot of the conversation about the risk reward aspect of this defense focuses on digs, right? And you All saw right. the double move early in that game. My like teams are going to test, you know, this secondary down the stretch into the playoffs with double moves and things like that. Now. The way that Dallas could sort of combat that is what they've done all year, which is get pressure. You know, it takes a little bit more time to run a double move. It takes a little bit more time to try to get defenders to bite on things and then hit them over the top. And if you could still get pressure the way they have for most of this season, not all season, but most of the season, that should pan out. You know, watching this defense, though, I felt like at times, and it's a guy that you and I talked about a lot, Clark. Like he seemed very passive at times in this game. Like I was rewatching that game last night before the show. And there was like, you know, they had a a scrape exchange on one play that went for a big run or late in the first quarter where it's like, he loops around and he's just kind of waiting. He's just waiting to catch defenders, catch blockers, excuse me. You know, he was passive again on a run uh, early in the second quarter and seemed like that is kind of a problem Uh, curse. The pick was great. There were a couple of times though, when the tight end beat him, you yeah. Know, Goddard beat him in one on one coverage. And you mentioned the San Francisco 49ers, a potential matchup with George Kittle. Like, you know, there's a meme Stephen Ruiz of the Rinner does with Kyle Shanahan with a microscope and then he highlights a defender. You could just imagine a potential matchup against San Francisco. That's where Shanahan's going to want to go with the ball. And so, you know, that's something that, again, he had the pick, but it's that risk reward factor of this defense right now. We all know, look, turnovers are a bit noisy. Like, if you look at those two picks and instead they're just incompletions or a, a DPI or something like that. Do you win games that way? Right. Probably not. It, so, yeah, I mean, it's not the defense. It was earlier in the year. It might still be good enough to make a deep playoff run. Um, but when you're relying on turnovers, sometimes those don't go your way.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's, that was the thing in the beginning of the year is that they weren't getting as many turnovers, but they were just playing, much better defense. Like that was the, yeah. you know, that was the trait. The Trayvon Diggs conversation kind of went hand in hand with that whole defense. It was like, yeah, the picks are down, but the man's not getting, you know, he's not getting beat on those double moves. He's playing with better eye discipline. Like he's, he's not just guessing, you know, he's playing defense. And like, that was what the, and again, it helps when you got Micah Parsons, Dorrance Armstrong, DeMarcus Lawrence getting four or five sacks on that midpoint of the year already. And that's been the biggest issue for me is it whether it's, offensive scheme that's kind of just slowing down the Cowboys pass rush or them not being you know them kind of running on empty right now I think that's a lot of it is they just you know Dorrance Armstrong's dealt with the the foot injury that's kind of I think slowed him down over these last couple of weeks DeMarcus Lawrence literally admitted that he had a broken foot about a month and a half ago so I mean he's not going to be as effective as he, he was and I think I mean you can watch visibly watch Michael Parson's play football and just see that he's exhausted. So you know talking yeah. about a game this week where Tennessee's already kind of not come out and said it but we anticipate they may be resting some guys because it means absolutely nothing. Yeah, this me.
0: this game only means nothing for
1: them. I yeah. mean, they can like, lose, Jacksonville can lose and it doesn't
0: matter. It's all about week 18. So yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, the the Brown double move, it's off-run action. Like, yeah. And that's what you're going to probably see teams do because, yeah, as we've talked about a couple times this year, like Dallas particularly early in the year, but even, you know, midway until this point, pressure with four is something they were able to do. But like you said, those guys are slowed up. They're banned right. up. They're nicked up. It's, you know, we're one, almost in one, January one, now.
1: And it's not all sacks, but they have one sack in the last three games. That sounds yeah. nothing like the Cowboys' defense that we saw
0: no, no. But when when you combine that with on this play run action, which gets eyes angle eyes right. angles changed and things like that, you're not going to get the
1: pressure you need to prevent a big play on a double move. And that and that's the schematic stuff that I was talking about that teams are kind of figuring out. You know, they're sending a yeah. the guy in motion to Michael Parsons' side, and you know, at the snap, he's kind of guessing. All right, crap. Do I got to drop into you know drop out of here to go make the tackle? Like what? what is right. It? stay in you know to to read the the handoff here and see if it's give you know like they've been better on on run defense for the most part. and I almost wonder if some of that is at fault too where they like they've hammered it in so hard like hey we have to we have to read we got to stop you the can't run just... we to stop the run right and it's like god i kind of wish we'd go back to what we were doing where we might have been getting gassed on the run but you were getting six sacks a game and you know it was so yeah, much funning and, punning and... <laughs> in, in this day
0: like you know, I know it's a philosophical discussion that we could probably have for like two hours, but like, is this a, an era of football where you still need to stop the run first? Like maybe that pendulum's swinging back a little bit, right. you know, as we've seen scoring down the two high defenses and teams are running the ball a little bit more. And again, it's, like, this week, there's a night, Tennessee Titans, like, yeah, you're probably going to think about, if he's in the lineup, you're stopping the run because it's Malik Willis. Right, like you're probably right. not too worried about them throwing the football too much, but maybe they do rest guys. Maybe it's yeah. a, game like we're not expected but is this really the era of the nfl where you're going to lean into stopping the run just let guys pin their ear back like if if, if they run the ball for 100 yards they're not throwing it for 350.
1: yeah i mean that's and again like going back to it if, if i would have much rather miles sanders ran for 125 yards and gardner Minshew threw for 195 than have gardner Minshew yeah. go for three whatever and yeah, I mean it's it's the it's the Belichick game
0: played against the Giants in the Super Bowl,
1: right? Let Thurman
0: Thomas run for a hundred. Who cares? Right. You know? Yeah. That's that's Jim Kelly won't throw five
1: touchdowns. That's that's how I'm getting because I just I, I feel like I feel like we were so like they were they were playing the run pretty bad and that was such a big topic of conversation that I feel like that's part of it. I feel like part of it's a schematic thing from offenses that are going, Hey, we're not gonna allow the pass rush to hurt us or we're not gonna right, allow right. them to take over the game but i just think some of it's running out of gas towards the end of the season um so guys I mean, are tired i mean you yeah. hear it all the time like you get to
0: december and january nobody's 100 everybody's nicked up nobody's completely healthy guys are worn down
1: and, and let I mean, me say the... like people you know a lot of people are like on micah parsons right now being like oh you think your defense player of the year I did go back and watch yesterday, like, the last two or three games where he he has – I think he's only had one sack, and I think he is that one sack in the last couple of games. Um, I went back and watched him, and he's still super disruptive. Like, Yeah, he, I mean, right I there, mentioned but...
0: earlier that scrape exchange play. People want to watch it second and 3 one twelve marker the first quarter. And it's a scrape exchange, which means when you have that mesh point read in the backfield, the quarterback and the running back, like his own redesign – you know, rather than that end man on the line of scrimmage coming upfield and staying outside, he crashes inside towards that mesh point and you loop a linebacker around. What you're trying to do is bait the quarterback into, you know, sort of keeping the ball and run around the end. Well, I mean, they sort of inverted. So it's a little bit different because the quarterback would be the inside read and he'd be given to the outside. But that's what they're doing. He's crashing inside. He's got two blockers on him because they're pulling backside guard and tackle. He fights through them. Somehow lip dips around, gets his feet on the running back and almost trips him up. Like gets an incredible play, even though it's a missed tackle. Right. So the, the idea that like Parsons isn't playing well, I don't know about that, man. He still looks good to me, even though, like, yeah, the production might be down. But disruptive plays like that are still productive in my mind. Yeah, he had pressures on,
1: I think, the last two passing attempts of the game there, too. Yeah. Flushed Gardner out, and I think he threw one away, and then threw, you know, the last throw, you know, into quadruple coverage that went out of bounds. Like, he applied a lot of pressure on those plays. So it's it's – I don't know. It's yeah, I things mean, where where you look at the box score and you go, man, this guy's supposed to be the best. What's going on? And then you watch the tape and you are like, he's a half a second away from a sack like twelve times. Like the <laughs> second, the second to last play of that game, he cuts inside and just
0: runs through multiple blocks, like the motor does not stop. Flushes Minshew to his left and forces him to make an awkward throw. Like if if that's all, will at that point, man, it's like. The 42nd, 43rd offensive play, defensive play of the game. Like, I don't know how many of those snaps he was on, but, like, I'm sure pretty much all of them. Yeah. Like, that's impressive to me.
1: He He's a guy that this week I wouldn't mind playing, maybe not sitting, but just giving a break. Yeah. Because, like we just talked about, I don't think Malik Willis is going to drop back 40 times. No. No. I think you play him half of the snaps he normally does, and just go, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna let you play, and maybe still let you hunt a couple sacks, you know, to keep you in the deep defense player of the year, you know, conversation." With yeah, him, I so. mean,
0: use him on third and ten, right? Right, like, like use like, him hey, on third, third and one. Yeah. yeah, let him be just a dedicated pass rushing specialist this Thursday night.
1: Because I do then think he's... you get you, you get in the playoffs, and let's just say Tampa Bay, even though Tampa Bay looks god awful. You, you're you going to need that pass rush to get going against Tampa Bay, or you're somehow g- you know better than anybody Tom Brady's going to rise from six feet below and start playing like 2007 Tom Brady.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, a, a potential matchup, and we talked about this before the season began, right? Mug the A gaps with Micah Parsons against Tom Brady, get interior pressure on him. Like we had that discussion. I mean, that's that's if that's who they end up playing in the first round, like that's what you're going to want Micah Parsons to do. I mean, use him, use him in a cameo role this Thursday night. Let him get like sort of a mini buy out of it because you got, you know, an extra couple of days for him to sort of recuperate. Who knows what week 18 is going to mean? If it means something, obviously run him out there. If it doesn't, then. You know, get them ready for wild
1: card weekend and let just turn them loose against Tom Brady. And that is something I haven't I mean, this is the first time we've been on since the Eagles game, but you know, a lot of people were talking about the short week. And yeah, they you know it is a short er week, but they didn't play on Sunday, they played on Saturday. So they are getting yeah, yeah. an extra day in the quote unquote short week, and then they do have a long week next week. So that's gonna be nice. Um I know people are just like, oh, it's just a couple days. But that goes a long ways for some of these dudes who aren't hurt. They're just exhausted. Those two or three days that not everybody lot. else is getting, it, it helps out a lot. Um, yeah. So that's good. But all right, let's talk about the offense. We talked a lot about the defense. I mean, I, I had my concerns about the offense, like, after Indy, I want to say it was. And then – my only concern with this offense right now is I still think they're running the football too much with how ineffective it's been on early downs. That's my yeah. one gripe. Is a I was actually I, – I had this stat and I saw somebody talked about it on the radio in Dallas this morning, but they lead the league in first and second down rushes. I was playing through rbsdm.com, running yeah. matter.com the other day and going through different downs and everything. And, I did, first and se- I did first down first and they didn't lead the league, but then I did first and second down and they lead the league in first and second down rushes, and they're like 24th in rush EPA or 24th in rush success rate, I want to say it is. And that's frustrating because you're getting into so many third and six, third and seven, third and five, third and four. And while a lot of fans will sit back and go, oh, that's easy. Nothing's easy in the NFL. Your receiver loses the ball in the sun. Your receiver trips and a flag's not thrown. Your left tackle gets beat. Your right tackle gets beat. Your running back tries to catch it with one hand instead of two. You know, your your quarterback misses the throw by a foot and a half. Like, a lot of things can go wrong on a single play. And allowing that single play to dictate a punt or a turnover on downs because you go four on fourth down just isn't smart, in my opinion, especially when the quarterback is playing as well as he is.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the sort of old approach of third and three is where you want to be. You know, right. you'd rather be in first and ten. Like avoid third down, avoid third downs. (laughs) Like one way to like stay on the field is to avoid third downs. Um, and and you know you mentioned Dak, and obviously I know that the Dak discussion is always where Cowboys conversations turn. I thought he played extremely well against Philadelphia. Uh, you know, my thoughts on Dak are are long established at this point. I remain a huge fan of his game. His eyes in that game were fantastic. I mean, not just like the touchdown to to where Slay gets bit. You know, comes down on the smash concept. Um, and he used his eyes so well. But some of the underneath stuff that he did, like moving yeah. underneath defenders with his eyes, was, was extremely impressive. And you know, offensive coordinators, play callers, they get beat up a ton. I mean, believe me, Patriots fans, you know, I I'd love to pull Patriots fans aside who spent years crushing Josh McDaniels for his play calls, <laughs> be like, huh? Hmm? How do yeah. you feel about like that one right now? now. <laughs> uh, how you feel do you miss him? You miss him? Yeah. You miss Josh a little bit right now? I bet yeah. you do. Um, what I really liked about what Moore did in this game, after that touchdown where they got slay on the smash concept, the next throw, they went right back to it. They went right back to that same concept to slay side of the field. And of course, after giving up the touchdown on the corner route, he stays deep on it. So it gives Dak an easy throw to the, to the flat. Cause it's a flat seven smash concept. I thought that was smart. Like, Hey, you, you, you know, he's going to be thinking about it. Go right back to him with that same design. <laughs> You know we'll probably stay deep, give your quarterback an easy throw. So I really like that. Um, yeah, they're probably running the ball a little bit more. I mean, than they should. You you see some of the success they're having. The the empty spread stuff that they're doing, I, I really liked a lot of that because it gives the quarterbacks – you know, we've we've talked about Dak and his pre-snap abilities and how he's able to right. rule stuff in and out. When, you, when you're doing stuff out of spread, that gives you even more of an opportunity to do that because you really get some pre-snap indicators as to what they're going to do when you're an empty. So I like a lot of what they're doing. I mean, trust Dak. I mean, that's kind of where I come down to it with this offense. <laughs> like, there might be some mistakes along the way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> quarterbacks throw interceptions. We talked about minutes ago, Allen and Mahomes being in the MVP conversation, they're throwing picks too. I mean, yep. it happens. But the trade-off with putting the ball in your quarterback's hands and letting him break the defense down with his eyes, with his mind, with his arm, that's where you want to be as an offense, particularly this offense in Dallas.
1: Yep, and and that's the thing is, is I mean, obviously nobody wants to throw interceptions. Like, we'd love for right. those to stop. But if you throw a pick a game and then you play the game like you did in Philadelphia or – I mean Jacksonville. I thought he played really well. You know, it's like I'll I'll give you a I'll pick. You know, a game if you're going to play play aggressive, you know, football like that and be able to make throws and in these tight windows and in and out of the pocket. Like it again. Picture one of those things where it's like, yeah, they're not good. If your quarterback's playing really good football, they don't really matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean you you live with them. When your quarterback is making aggressive yet smart right. and appropriate decisions, right? If your quarterback's just forcing throws into triple coverage, left Absolutely. and right, then yeah,
1: they're a problem, right? It's kind of like goals interceptions from Monday night. Yeah, well, I'm going okay. Look, we got to stop gracious. something. right? Yeah,
0: but like it's kind of like the chloral. I used to have this phrase about Mahomes: like mechanics don't matter until they matter. Like if the ball is getting where it should be and you're throwing it like between your legs, I don't care. Like right. that's fine. It's the same thing with this, like. If you're taking good, smart risks with the ball, picks might follow, but I'm fine with it. Interceptions don't matter until they matter. If you're forcing throws into coverage, if you're just locking in and predetermined, like pre-snap, you know this is no matter what. This is where I'm going with the ball, and your eyes lead the defense of the to football. <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah,
1: that's that's exactly it. Like right. that's a problem right now, and that's what people just don't get. Is like there's so much context involved in each interception, like. Yeah, they all aren't the same. thing. Like a pick isn't a pick. A pick can be all the quarterbacks. A pick could be a bad decision or a bad read or a bad throw. Or it could be, you
0: know, he did things right. And, you know, just didn't turn their way. Or sometimes and I feel like we always lose this when we're talking about quarterbacks and offenses. The other guys are getting paid, too. Yeah. Like, look at the bland interception. Yeah. That we were just talking about, right? That's the right read and throw from Minshew. Defender just made a fantastic play in coverage. Like, yep. sometimes that happens. You know, the sweat interception. Like, that was just a really good play by a defensive player. Like, those things happen too.
1: Yep. Absolutely. It's, it's, that's, that is, that's football. You got, I mean, you, you got Michael Parsons on your team. How many in, insane plays has he made this year? Where you like, yeah. The left tackle does everything, and then he runs the quarterback down on the opposite side of the field to sack up, strip sack him. Like <laughs> it's just the the left tackle can do everything right, and your guy's still going to make some insane plays because of how good he is. And yeah, that's how it works. But
0: yeah, that's 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 why we watch, man. These people are superhumans
1: yep. doing incredible things. I thought we got a good introduction to what Ty Hilton could do in the offense. Yeah. And it, I and mean, it's and it's not gonna be much. Like it's not gonna, it's be, not gonna, be, not gonna much, be on the but... field 30 plays, probably,
0: but no, it's 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 like twelve plays a game, but he still has some
1: speed apparently. You could like... make the argument that he had the two biggest plays in that game. Yeah. He had the yeah. third and thirty reception, which I think is by far the biggest play of the game, and then he had a holding on fourth and six, I want to say it was, where he doesn't yeah. run a good route, and the dude doesn't have to grab him to save a reception. I mean, again, people get mad at me because I've kind of been killing Michael Gallup because I don't think Michael Gallup's been playing well at all, but Michael Gallup runs that route. He runs slam into that corner. The corner doesn't have to grab him. Yeah. He can't break out of the route. It's an incomplete pass. Eagles take over on – I think they were at their 42-yard line when they did the fourth down conversion or something like that. So, Eagles take over on their side of the field. You know, already yep. up. It's that game looks a lot different at that point. It's so, a lot different at that point. I mean, the the third and thirty. I mean,
0: <laughs> that was just Slay so was like, "This he's not going to get by me." Like he doesn't even have eyes on Hilton. He's. I mean, again, it's part of the coverage because you know what they're in right now. But
1: I just don't think he thought he's going to throw it. I thought it was like, "There's no way too. he's going to, right like."
0: Slay was just like, he's not going to throw this. And Hilton's not going to get over me. Like, like a screen I'm, or I'm a draw is absolutely
1: coming right now. There's no way yeah. that they're going to throw it 60 yards down the field on third and third. But
0: he just, he ran by him and you know, he's rested, I guess. Cause he had some juice on that road.
1: Yeah. It was, that was one of the best Cowboys plays that I remember. I mean, like Dax had some awesome plays um, in his career, like, the one, the Giants touchdown to Cole Beasley comes to mind. Um, I don't know. He's had some, some great throws and some big moments, but that was one of the, just cause of the, I mean, the ball had to be thrown right there, like third and 30, the opponent, the score at the time, like just, that was one of the the biggest like stand out of your seed drop your jaw moments i think i've i've seen in a while at least from from cowboys
0: (laughs) yeah i mean and again the eyes from prescott because he doesn't get his eyes to hilt until late in the down there like he's reading the middle of the field because you know they're in cover 2 he's got you know he's got a receiver on the bender between the safety so he's looking there first but he has to move away because there's a little bit of pressure off the right edge like that's an elite quarterback play. Like for everything we want to say about Slay and how he played that, it's an elite quarterback play from Prescott too, to get his eyes to that to move, to make that move while slot into his left. Not an easy throw at all. After two sacks too, where you left tackle and right tackle
1: got Yeah.
0: Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're probably not feeling too good right now.
1: Yeah, the more I to make that
0: throw. Like yeah. that
1: was part of it too. Is I remember I remember tweeting on back to play back to back plays. I was like, Tyron Smith, whoops. And then I was like, Tyler Smith, whoops. And then I was like, yeah. third and 30, woof. <laughs> and it was just – I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy because it's – we're getting – like last year it was – it was Cowboys are on a roll, Cowboys are on a roll. You got to like week 12, and then that offense started looking different. The calf injury happened – they beat up on some bad teams, but they just really struggled to like move the football against those cover two, you know, two high safety looks where they weren't running the ball effectively. They couldn't really do anything to, in the, in the passing game. Cause Dak was limited with his movement, with his scrambling, but we're seeing now it's like the flip, the flip side. It's like the offense looks really good right now. The defense is kind of in that volatile state, you know, can yeah. they turn it around and figure it out and, they should have a good matchup. We we didn't talk much about this Tennessee matchup mainly because I like think we said it off air, but like they've kind of talked about you know resting guys, gearing up for Week 18. So, yep. you know, Derrick Henry, had don't think's practiced the last two days with a hip injury. They kind of talked to him the other day, and he was like, "I mean, I'll play if they want me to," kind of deal. But it, it sounds like they're probably going. It rest sounds like up. they're, yeah,
0: aiming for Week 18 because so this
1: should is- be a get right game for the Cowboys. It should be. And it if should it's not the concern levels need to skyrocket because as much as yeah. I did enjoy Malik Willis pre draft, it doesn't look like he's quite ready. He's not there yet. He's not uh, there yet. Yeah. Uh, it which is might which take is, some time. Yeah, that was always the thing. It's, it, yeah. it wasn't gonna be ready this year. Probably won't be ready next year, but
0: yeah, it's where is it's he gonna be in progress? Three, four, where is uh, he in year three? You know. Yeah. Hopefully not where Zach Wilson is.
1: No, because that is a disaster.
0: That is a disaster. That's a rough situation. I got
1: killed for this take the other day. We'll close it with this. Um, I got killed for this take the other day. Well, here, let me ask you this. We, did, we didn't talk about that. I just want to touch on this real quick. You think the Saints got a chance against Philly this week? Yeah. I, I mean, do, too.
0: That's a defense. I mean, interesting enough, look, the Saints can still get in. Yeah. They're even, playing for even, as a, even as a wild card team. Like the, like what, the, Giants I was are still playing a, for something, too. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you look at what that Dennis Allen, de- what Dennis Allen defenses have done against Tom Brady over the past couple of years, like, let alone Gardner Minshew. Like, they've made him look bad. So that defense might create a couple of short fields. I mean, the offense certainly has its struggles, but, you know, New Orleans does have a chance in this game. Like, there, there is a, a world in which Week 18 means something a little bit more for Dallas than
1: just, you know, seed it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that – I mean, I thought the division was over two weeks ago when they, when they lost to Jacksonville. Yeah. I yeah. thought, okay, that probably did it, which we can make the argument that that did do it because if they had won that game, it'd be a whole lot different situation right. coming in these last two weeks. But even then, I think the Eagles got a Saints team that is still fighting for a playoff spot. As bad as that offense is, that defense is still really good. Yep. It can be disruptive. Lane Johnson not likely to play. A.J. Brown coming off of a foot injury. Like Obviously, we're not rooting for injuries, but the Eagles are a no. little bit more banged up than they've They're been in the last couple of weeks. Um, the Saints have a good defense. Then they got the Giants in week 18. The Giants are still battling for a week, playoff spot. And while – I don't think anybody thinks the Giants is a great team. They've played competitive football for most of the year. I mean, Look, I mean, to the to their credit, I thought that after their bye, when their
0: schedule got tougher, that they would, like, really fade away. And they haven't. Like, they, they've yeah. played some teams tough. Like, they played Minnesota tough. Again, I still don't know what in the world to make of the Vikings. But, you know, they've hung around longer than I certainly expected. And so the yeah. fact that, like, you know, they could clinch this week. Maybe they have to wait till next week to get a clinch a spot. But – that's a team that's playing tougher than, than I thought they would at this point in the year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, I, I I wouldn't bet a ton of money on it. But if you get the Cowboys that win in the NFC East to decent odds, it might not be an awful bet right now. Because I think that, it's not out it's, of the question by any means. It's, not
0: a, it's more likely than we thought it was a week ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, what was the Zach Wilson take? Oh, my – so, it wasn't really a Zach Wilson take. It was – I think Russell Wilson's the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. And people killed me because they were like, Zach Wilson exists. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with what people are saying. It's also, you're talking about Russell Wilson's who's in what year. However. yeah, I mean, I, I think like
0: statistically film wise, like any sort of reasonable way of looking at things like, yeah, like the worst quarterback in the league, like it just purely in a vacuum is Zach Wilson. But when you tag along the, expectations of Russell Wilson, the fact that everybody, myself included, thought, oh man, this AFC West is going to be super competitive. You've got maybe four of the best, you know, top 12 quarterbacks in the league in in that division now. Um, You know, the contract, the extension, all of that, you factor in the context, like we talked about a few minutes ago. Yeah, Russell Wilson. Like the gulf between what we thought he was going to be and where he is, it's 15 miles. Why? Like, with Wilson, it's a little bit closer. Like, I don't think anybody expected right. him to be this bad, but nobody was expecting Zach Wilson to be like, oh, you know, he's going to be one of the league's top 12 quarterbacks or anything like that. People were like, yeah, he might be, like, league average this year, but it's year two. Like, the Jets are probably a season away for really being competitive. Their defense has made them competitive. It's Zach Wilson that's held them back. If they had started Mike White this entire season, they're probably already clinched given how well their defense has played, so.
1: Yeah. I can't believe how bad Russell Wilson is. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like, obviously watching him play, he's bad, but then watching, like, his own teammates react to how bad he is, it's kind of just like, man, this is, like, this could go down as one of the craziest, I mean, obviously it's already one of the worst trades of all time, like, one of the worst seasons from a team that was supposed to be playoff, you know, contenders, Super Bowl contenders, but, right, like, Seeing how they maneuver or get out of this deal, what? like they're begging for him to get suspended <laughs> like somebody, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna plant something in a locker somewhere <laughs> I don't know how they do it,
0: Connor because like you know, I saw like Greg Rosenthal from around the NFL was like, yeah, you just post June first cut like it's still what like forty million or something this what, season it's, it's it's like you have to probably give it one more year. But then at what? Like, is the criteria for hiring? and the other thing is look, the GM's not going to be part of the head coach search now? It's going to be all ownership. Like, what is that gone? Well, I don't know. Like it's, it's like, like I
1: said, like, I mean it'll never happen because of who he is. And this sounds terrible to say, but they are saying multiple prayers every night that he gets suspended for something. Like they did If you get suspended, your your guarantees get voided. And... Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're out. <laughs> <laughs> they don't they're they're
0: in a dark tunnel now with no light at the end of it. Yeah, terrible. But um
1: Mark, it's always great. Like I said, I love uh, these were I had Ali um Canali on last week. He came out oh, and talked some, yeah, he I love came to talk some 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 Dak and some offense, some Kellen Moore. So anybody who's just looking for good Cowboys football content from a you know scheme, game plan, what's working, what's not, perspective check out these this one obviously you've already listened to this one if you're hearing this but go back and check out last week too because that was a lot of oh these awesome oh yeah, fantastic we, it was um again just stuff that when I watch tape I don't even pick up on he's like yeah this is why they were running this this is why they were out of the pistol this was you know why they did some of the empty you know so it was it was, it was really fun and like I said I always do love doing these too because you you got a unique view on coverages and Schemes and way they're why, why they're running these routes and why they're doing this and the way they're doing that. So uh, always enjoy having you on, Mark, and always learn a lot when you do. So this is uh always love
0: being here, buddy. We'll do it again soon, man.
1: We were so wrong. The last thing I want to say is we were so wrong about C. D. Lamb. Oh, we were so wrong about that. Not that we didn't think C. D. Lamb was good, but we we're like, yeah, we don't know if he could. We do not We don't know if he could be the dude, and he's the dude. Yeah, I mean,
0: he's a dude. Yeah, he's man. a dude. He's a dude. Yeah. So we get things wrong. That's okay. Yeah,
1: we're, we're, we are not
0: perfect. <laughs> no, no, nobody is.
1: Mark, this is fantastic. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll have another month or so of the season and maybe get you on for that uh, Cowboys. Uh, I don't know. I guess absolutely Cowboys Philly preview divisional round game or NFC Championship game. That'd be a fun one to talk some ball on. So would absolutely love it, buddy. You're the man, Mark. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, everybody. Talking to Star Podcast and we'll see you guys next week.